Hello, I'm your host, Michaela Marshall, and this is Welcome to the Hellmouth. Hi, I'm your host, David Lindley. This is the Buffy Podcast by a Scooby and a Newbie. Hellmouth? Hellmouth. We have reached Season 5, Episode 16, The Body, original air date February 27th, 2001. It's a very special episode. It's funny that you say that, actually. So I have a lot of information today from the Wikipedia mm-hmm. page, mm. and Joss was adamant that this not be a very special episode. <laughs> he actually, like, specifically said he did not want it to have, like, a life-affirming lesson, because mm. it doesn't it doesn't have a lesson, right? No. It's just the horrible sort of reality of what it is to go through something like this to the best of their ability to show it on TV, right? Yeah, to lose a parent at 16. No, not 16. Whatever she is. I mean, Dawn's 16-ish, so yeah. yeah. So let's do this now. (laughs) This is a little wacky, and Uh I don't know if it's a good place to start it or if we're we're doing it. Keep it on a light note. We've talked a few times about not understanding which which television network this series aired on. So just briefly... From season one to five, it aired on the WB. Six and seven, it's on UPN. And then the WB and UPN, neither of them actually exist anymore. They Mm. merged together to form the CW. Right. Anyways, I'm going to send you, and uh, listeners, there will be a link to this in, I don't know, whatever we put at the show notes. (laughs) You don't know (laughs) shit about show notes. Sure don't. Uh, And so I'm going to send it to you right now, Dave. It is the trailer that the WB... Oh. had for this episode, the promo. Okay, let me give this a watch. All right, I have watched this 30-second trailer <laughs> for The Body, season 5, episode 16. And we've never really watched a lot of promos for this show because, honestly, a lot, like they're very difficult to find because I've considered it before, trying to find one and see like how did mm. they promote this episode when it actually aired because it's interesting to know, right? Right. And for something like Reptile Boy, I would love to see the promo for that. But for this, the promo is just, it's so different in tone it's from very the episode. dramatic and gothic. They reuse the same shot of Dawn making the one line on her page. I think I counted four times. <laughs> it just, it's so jarring after you've seen the episode to think like, this is what they presented to people as what this episode would be. And I understand like how they can't capture what it's going to be. And I they have to promote it somehow, but it's just, oh, I don't know. Well, it's an episode without basically any music absolutely and the entire promo is backed by this oh, 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 tonight oh, on a very special episode oh, of buffy yeah so the tone is very different. And, like, it's a little wacky, right? Oh, it's incredibly wacky. <laughs> Xander's, like, yelling, things don't just happen! <laughs> and with that music behind it, it's so cheesy. <laughs> it's so cheesy. It feels very Dan Brown, the entire yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I could see that being an Angels and Demons promo. And, like, tonight on a very special episode of Clone High. That's exactly what it is. Oh, God. Oh, they were doing it years before this even aired. But, yes. Clone High, as usual, beat them to it. God, what a fantastic show. So, Michaela, we thought we had seen cold opens before. We thought we had seen quite frigid opens. This, this may be the coldest of opens. Yep. So we're making we're making jokes. That's what oh, we're doing. Yeah, <laughs> we're all in. Okay. Yep. It's pretty cold. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so this is a very depressing episode. Buffy's mother has just died. Yeah. That is very sad. The entire thing is about how tragic it is to try to deal with that the the loss of a parent. It's incredibly well done and very effective. It was very Black Mirror-y for me. Because after a Black Mirror episode, one of the first, like, three seasons, let's say, maybe two and a half, I would just sit there for after most of them and be like, fuck. Have to, like, digest it, basically. Fuck everything. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I couldn't 
process anything else because I was busy processing what I had just watched. Very similar thing for this. Like, I watched it with my fiancé. If you want to talk about a mood killer, (laughs) fucking... (laughs) Like, an hour of Buffy dealing with her dead mother, you're just like, oh, I, I don't... I don't want you to die, please, oh, is about the best you can do after that. And you're like, yeah. oh, but those are the emotions that I have right now, and I don't know how else to process them. So we'll just sit quietly beside each other? Right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'll just go escape into the virtual realms of video games for a while, and maybe that will make me feel something again that is positive. Jeez. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> uh. So yeah. Let's veer wildly between horribly nihilistic and making jokes about this. I think that's the only way we can do this episode. I mean, that's what we do, so I think we have to stick by it. This is serious fucking business, but yeah, there's no previously on. It's just the last scene from last episode where Buffy comes back, finds Joyce on the couch, and then we're into credits, so the coldest of opens ever and then we're into a nice flashback to christmas dinner so this flashback exists because they did not want to show the like the remainder of the credits over joyce's body and what buffy like buffy <laughs> trying to revive her honestly yeah, like I, because I'm, it would it would have really really taken a lot of the gravity away from that right mhm so joss whedon his mother died of a cerebral aneurysm oh my god So that's why, partially why, he did this, because it is a thing he experienced. And so, I mean, that's one of the ways you deal with things is by making art, right? Yes. I can't make jokes about this. (sighs) (laughs) That's incredibly powerful, though, and it does show through in all the writing. And Because Joss was in every second of this episode, right? Oh, yeah. His, His fingers were right in there. He wrote it. He was directing it. He was calling all of it right and like i mean you saw so many just very very long shots Mm. just shots that go on forever and uh, yeah like i have again a lot of information about this but i'll get to it later but there are certain parts of it that he drew very heavily on his own experiences not just Mm -hmm. from the death of his mother but other experiences he's had with death to really put Yeah, himself in the episode. Yeah. Compare this to something like Killed by Death, which is the other Buffy thing that I associate with death. And I'm like, hmm, very similar episodes in a lot of ways, aren't they, Michaela? Yeah, both are about (laughs) death. (laughs) Very, Uh, very similar. Okay, so Christmas flashback, because this is when we have all of our pictures from, because it's the only time we can take pictures without being either disrespectful or they're just not changing into wacky outfits anymore, you know? And it's just, it's so not the point. I mean, for Willow later, it is kind of the point of the whole thing, but there's no reason for us to take pictures of it. This was... The only time either of us felt comfortable taking pictures, and I think it makes sense. <laughs> so we can just run through all of these. You've got the way things should be. And you've, you've called it Paisley? Yes. So I've actually combined, I think, two of your pictures in one. Right. So I've called this the way things should be, because both of the people I have a picture of, namely Tara and Dawn, are wearing colors that look really good on them. Yeah. It's like they spent all this time putting Willow in orange... And what they should have been doing was put Tara in orange. This is the Tara that you look at and you're like, oh shit, of course Willow's in love with this person. (laughs) For all of season four, it's just like, her? (laughs) Yeah, no, she is the Anne of season four. But you look at this person and she seems mature. She seems very confident. She Mm -hmm. looks fly as hell. And yeah, you're just like, oh, I get this. This makes sense to me. Yeah. And Dawn is weirdly pouty in your picture. <laughs> and you've called her totally armless, I see. <laughs> She's wearing an armless shirt. It's like a sparkly blue number. It's, it's sparkly blue. It's uh, almost a turtleneck, but not tight enough. It's delightful. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. They busted out the finest of like what diamond glasses for the uh or crystal rather mm. for the, uh, i mean it's christmas, christmas dinner, dinner you know yeah. you gotta gotta be fancy so gotta be totally armless as well and then uh just quickly as you know christmas dinner is going fine xander's embarrassing himself all the usual stuff uh anya's reveal that santa claus is real and <laughs> but like kind of sorta he disembowels children krampus right 
Yes. Well, Krampus Krampus beats children with a stick and then puts them in a bag, I think. Potato, or, potato. <laughs> no, wait. No, that's... That might be the really racist guy. That's the the racist, like, Swedish one? Yeah. yeah. Where he follows St. Nicholas around and beats children with a stick and then puts them in... He's like Black Peter, I think, is his name. Oh, yeah. No, it's terrible. It's yeah. so racist. Yeah, okay. So Krampus probably disembowels them. Whatever. It's fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And that's all great. And then Joyce and Buffy are in the kitchen. Buffy's teasing Joyce about band candy, which is a nice deep cut. Like, oh, pie being burnt is fine as long as you two don't have sex again. That's actually the moment, the moment I captured in my picture, fam looking fly. Ooh, okay. So do we both have this? this yeah, we've got very similar pictures here. I included Giles because he also looks fly. He does look fly as hell. I was mostly focused on Joyce's leopard print shirt. Yeah, I thought Because she might had be. to get one last one in there, you know? <laughs> yeah, I was... Final leopard. I was absolutely elated to see her leopard shirt. It's gorgeous. It's wonderful. And <laughs> Wait, Joyce, Wait, what are Buffy's earrings doing? Oh, are they hoops? Oh, I can't tell. I don't know. I was too distracted by this entire episode to look at whether or not she had hoops or a decorative the, belt. The rest of the episode, she has very, very tiny hoops, but they do not count. No, those are not real that. hoops. Those no. are rings. Yeah. <laughs> Ear rings, you might say. Mm, maybe. And then that's all over really quickly and we're back to sadness for the rest of time. For the rest of time. So there are four parts to this episode. Each part opens with just a silent, still shot of Joyce's face. Mm-hmm. And it gets progressively more uh, corpse-like, I guess is all I can say. Yeah. With the corpse makeup. And it's uh, very, very affecting. Wait, and very disturbing. They didn't kill Christine Sutherland for this? <laughs> Apparently she had the worst time in this episode. I thought she was committed to her role, but apparently not. <laughs> hey, she only blinked one time in the entire time she had to be a corpse. So that's there was pretty a committed. real long shot at the end where I'm just yeah. like, Joyce, what are your eyes doing? Huh? 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 Maybe that's the time she blinked. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, so all of these things, as you say, we get the Joyce shot. Is she always coming in from the left side of the screen? I wasn't sure whether that was important hmm. at all. I don't know. I don't see. I didn't see anything about that. I just saw the uh, close-up, total silence, Joyce's face. I think it's for... just a consistency thing where she's always yeah. in the same position. So you I think, always yeah, that makes see sense. It, like it's the same framing, basically. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Buffy calls 911 the... 911 operator instructs her to do CPR, which A, very low success rate in real life. B, is that, do they still do that? As of when I was doing life saving training, yes, but that was 10 years ago, so I don't I think really it actually know. might be different now. I'm not 100% sure, but when the person told her to do CPR, I was like, do they say that? Because, yeah, if you're not trained in it, I think the success rate is very low. Even if you are trained in it, the success yeah. rate is abysmal. And I mean, these things change every couple of years because. For sure. Turns out saving people with nothing but your hands is really hard. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,. And yes, you're going to crack a rib or two is even when you're doing it right and Especially you're not if you're a superhuman. Buffy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's, but it's just so jarring and oh, it's, it's so terrible. horrifying for Buffy, especially because she is this like super person. Mm -hmm. And I mean, of course she's going to feel like, oh my God, I did that because I'm the slayer. I have super strength. Mm -hmm. So this entire first section. Mm-hmm. So, so first of all, they shot the whole episode in order, which is not oh. something you normally do. This entire first section, they basically made Sarah Michelle Gellar do the entire thing all the way through seven times. Oh, shit. So she starts off, she comes in, and she's happy, the flowers are there, and then by the end, you know, she's obviously in a very different emotional place. Yeah, so but... that's because it follows her through the house. She like collapses down on the ground and the the section ends that we're talking about here with like the paramedics have come and gone and then Giles comes and that's like where we're ending this, right? Yep. Fuck, that's a long time. Yeah. That's a lot and... of different things to experience. Well, because she has to get, she has to be worked up to the point where 
she yells at Giles, they said not to move the body. Right, which is what the 911 operator says. She calls it the body rather than your mom or Joyce. Yeah. And it ends with Buffy saying the body. There's the classic jossing of everything. I mean, we just got jossed in the biggest way possible by having a Joyce die in this yeah. episode or last episode. And then... He does it a couple more times because it's fun when Buffy has the two imagined spots of like, oh, and then Joyce made a miraculous recovery and everything was fine. Thanks, Buffy. I nearly didn't make it. Hey, everything's okay. But then, bam, back to silence, just looking at Joyce. The first one is a lot more cruel. Oh, it's terrible because it's quick enough that you're like, is this real? But it's slow enough that it could be real. It's hard for me because, of course, I know it's not real. But there Mm -hmm. is a part of you that even wants to believe it. Yes. Which is exactly what Buffy is doing. Buffy wants, she's fantasizing that that's what's going to happen when the paramedics show up. And I don't, it's not obviously done for the sake of cruelty. It's done because that's exactly what you do in your own head. When that's happening, you imagine the way that it's going to be okay. So let's talk about this. I don't know anything about this show. And I think we've been very clear about that. I have seen this all through once up until the first episode of season seven or something. Ten years ago, I have a terrible memory. I don't remember anything. I remembered Faith Mayor Giant Snake. And then I know that Joyce dies via aneurysm. Like, that was something that I knew. And, like, one of the three things about this show that I knew, I was made to question as Joyce made this recovery just in time to have all of reality snap back and me be like, oh, of course that wasn't real. But I, I was in there. I was like, oh my god, she made a recovery? I don't remember that. And then, of course, no, David, that's not... It's not what's happening. Because it goes on just long enough that you start to believe that it might be true. Yeah. Which, and then it's terrible because it just, yeah, snap back to reality, as you said. And, uh... Oops, there goes gravity, as they say. I found out in this scene that I do not know how to spell aneurysm. Uh, it's like an, and then your, and then ism. <laughs> That's actually completely uh, incorrect. No, it's real wrong. Yeah, there I, there I am trying to type aneurysm. Went very poorly. <laughs> So when the paramedics come up, I want to talk about that briefly. So they show up after a couple minutes, they do their thing, they leave, and that's fucking tragic. Man, I and I don't even want to know how much it costs to get an ambulance out to Buffy's house because this is still the States and you called an ambulance and maybe that still costs you money. Maybe? I don't know, yeah. Anywho, but this is really when I started to see what was happening because... I don't know how much you know about what sort of the, or what the music situation is in this episode. There is zero. Zero music. Okay. There is no music. Yeah. There is no background music. There is very little Foley and the sound effects that they do are very particular. They're specific. Yeah. All Mm -hmm. of the background noises are very intentional. And other than that, there's just so much silence. And the camera work that's happening and... This is all bringing us into our first segment, Filmmaking 101. It's for this experimental film, which nobody knows about, and which I'm still figuring out what's going to go in my experimental film. Mm. Except it's, I mean, it's like a thousand and one or whatever you want <laughs> sure. to say. Because th- this Upper is... class. This is good, solid filmmaking. It, But it's interesting because Joss is doing things with the camera, especially when the paramedics are here. It's a widescreen shot of the mostly obscured by the paramedic with Buffy's face just like pushed off to the side. Mm -hmm. You can see around his shoulder, but you can basically never see his face. Yeah. And you can see the bottom of his mouth at one point, I mm -hmm. think. And you just see Buffy in the background here. And it's like, it's classic bad filmmaking, right? Like, you never do that until you are good enough that you do it intentionally. Because you have a very specific reason why you're doing it. Right. Yeah. And And framing Buffy out of the shot is, yes, quite intentional at this point. And there's also an intentionality about the fact that they do not have an establishing shot of the house ever. Mm. Because that's meant to emphasize that Buffy is isolated. Interesting. Yeah. The establishing shot is meant to give you an idea of, like, the bigger space that's around it. And if you never have that, then, yeah, Buffy opens the door to the 
to the backyard, but she doesn't go out. And yeah. there are these things happening outside that she just feels so separated from because it's like, it's like another world out there, basically. That's a very interesting take on it. I like that. Yeah, so it's um, it's an excellent filmmaking all the way through. And it's very intentional all of yeah. the time. And it's all so affecting. Like, mm-hmm. oh, <laughs> I yeah. was straight up, like, tearing up a bunch of times. And I mean, I've seen this episode. Not that I make a point of watching it, but the other characters especially freaking out and being emotional was really really getting to me that's interesting actually because i cry at the drop of a hat oh yeah i did not cry during this episode oh anya almost got me going yeah there were a couple things when it anya's scene is really tough for me actually there were a couple things that like got me nearly teared up but i mean i'm a macho man in this man's (laughs) world and gotta support the patriarchy right (laughs) I don't think an actual macho man has ever referred to themselves as a macho man. Uh, what about the classic song, Macho Macho Man, <laughs> which was parodied in the television commercial Nacho Nacho Man, which is the only version of that song that I've ever actually heard. Also, Buffy sings it in the episode Wish. <gasps> she does, right? Yeah, so, deep cut, there you go, <laughs> friends of friends of the podcast. <laughs> Good times. Anyway, that person is definitely a macho man and are referring them to themselves as such. Uh, okay what else is happening here right giles shows up buffy says not to move the body giles shows up because buffy calls him and says she's here and he's like glory is where (laughs) what's what's happening it's very non-specific but buffy just needs him to come to the house and that's what he does so he does shows up he doesn't know what he's doing there and that obviously when he sees joyce just lying there he's going to go and try try to to help help. yeah it's not gonna work nope so don donster donnerino hey everyone's favorite (laughs) everyone's favorite this is the first time we've ever seen don at school right yes where is the school which school is it i don't know sunny d high got blown up it did get blown up i was really curious where the hell she was going to school but not curious enough to really care i guess so she's crying as we meet her and then oh joss you son of a bitch you actual son of a bitch because she's (laughs) crying of course because some boy publicly called her freaky and then some girl is spreading more rumors about her and you're like oh you got some shit coming your way lady she's freaking out about this teenage stuff and it's the kind of thing where you're looking at her and you're thinking Right now, this seems like the end of the world, and you don't you don't want her to feel worse, but you know she's about to. Do you ever think about how happiness is relative? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I find myself thinking about that quite a lot. I think I live a pretty happy life, and I'm really good. I'm really grateful for that. Yeah. But it's very easy to get caught up and think that whatever's happening to you, because you adjust the scale of your life to what's happening in it. So then. Something small can seem like something big, even though it's tiny. Yeah, and everyone's having their own experience, right? So just because someone's problem, quote unquote, seems less important than yours, like they're having their own experience. And if that's like the worst thing that's happening in their life, it can feel really terrible. So right now, this thing that's happening to Dawn feels super terrible to her. And I mean, she's a teenage girl. She's full of hormones. Oh my God. That's all I was thinking through this entire bit was just like hormones fucking everywhere, man. I do kind of like that they have a bit of fallout from the episode where she cut her arm all up because she's not going to be able to completely hide that at school. And of course, some bitchy girl is going to talk. As a teenager, yes, cutting on yourself, that's going to get people talking. Yeah. Oh boy. And my God, Michaela, save me from teenage conversation. I wrote these things down (laughs) as I was watching it and forgot about some of them. What's going on? Negative space. Yeah. What's that all about? Yeah. So I heard you, like, had a freak out and cut yourself. Uh, No, not even. It was a whole, it was so not. I felt like that before. Things get so crazed, you know. You just feel like you want to do something extreme. So we have the classic, (laughs) the classic quips of (laughs) shia, not even. It was so not, and things get so crazed. 
biatch was used. Uh, which, uh, yes, Don breaks out the big swear words with biatch. This was actually the most teenaged, I guess, that Don has ever seemed. It's the most teenage that anyone has ever seemed. That's true, because, yeah, when uh, Buffy and Xander and Willow were... They were in their (laughs) mid-twenties. Yeah, and that's the thing, is Michelle Trachtenberg actually is closer, much closer to being a teenager than they ever were. So Mm -hmm. her saying these teenage things really comes across as... Fucking Kevin, this kid, I just want to reach (laughs) through the television and hit him. It's fucking Dean Hare. It's oh Dean Hare. God. His stupid shit about like, oh man, things get so crazed. And it just feels like like no one understands you. And I'm just like, oh God, hormones. No. But also at the same time, if I was Don's age and Kevin was saying <laughs> those things to me, I would be like, yeah, it is really intense. You're right. I'm also so tortured, Kevin. Like, you can't even understand. <laughs> would you reply with a solid, yeah. <laughs> I mean, anything to impress Kevin, right? (laughs) He's such a garbage human. He's the worst. I hated him so much. And I was oddly offended, I guess. Okay, good. No, no. That they were talking so loudly in art class. Mm. It's art class. Who the fuck cares? (laughs) It's like talking in drama class. Whatever, man. Am I like a huge prude? For thinking that this statue seems overly racy for teenage boys to be drawing. <laughs> okay, well, so yes. First off, yes. <laughs> Second off, like, racy. I guess the internet really was a barely a thing at this point. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> difficult times for a young man. Like, there I was don't... a joke in season two, I want to say, about Xander taking a witchcraft book out of the library. That so was episode the... three of season one. Oh, that shit. That was in Witch. Is that also witch? Man. Yeah, a lot of witch <laughs> All cuts. All I do is reference a witch today for whatever reason. I, I was thinking about witch a lot today. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, what happened in that? Because that's also, like, cheerleader tryouts, you know? That's the first time we meet Amy. Hashtag Amy Rat, pour one yeah, out. Hashtag, yeah. <laughs> yeah, a lot happens in, in uh, witch, turns in out. In witch, yep. That's really relevant to this episode. You heard it here, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Crack the yes. code. Xander like checked out that book on witches to look at the naked etchings. Right. <laughs> That's what passed for titillation in those days. Terrible. Pun intended. I don't know. Uh, no. <sighs> Just awful. Anyway, the statue's like fine. It's pretty artsy and negative space. Whatever. Sure. I will say that the what Dawn is drawing and then what it shows that she was drawing are two very different things. Really. At the very, very end, the thing it zooms in on. Oh, oh, yes. (laughs) It's so different. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, then the... I thought you meant the statue was very different than what she had ended up drawing, and that was very the same. No, just like the picture changes dramatically. Yeah, between when Michelle Trachtenberg is like vaguely (laughs) scraping (laughs) at this easel to when it cuts away. Yeah. Uh, Which, I mean, that's fair. So Buffy shows up. Mm -hmm. Dawn immediately knows something is very wrong. I thought mom was picking me up. Right? I mean, Dawn's not stupid. But she doesn't let Buffy take her all the way outside for whatever reason. She's got some suspicions. She's been dealing with her own shit with Joyce having cancer. And this is bringing things up in a bad way. And it's all so silent. And it's all so well done. And the still shots of the statues that are evoking corpses. The through the window is just... It's excellent. Yo, so why is this biatch Kirsty just allowed to be out in the halls during class? Doesn't she have somewhere to be? Uh, probably not. And I don't know. <laughs> this fucking teacher just letting all her students watch Dawn breaking down outside? <laughs> no, guys, uh, there's something that you all have to look at on the other side of the room, and if you don't go over there, you're getting suspended. Right? You're the teacher. You're supposed to be the one to say, okay, class, maybe let's not gawk at the girl in horrid pain. Mm, maybe. Maybe. Just a thought. Just a thought. Terrible, terrible job on the teacher's part. Yeah, it's crushing. Poor Don. Really sad for Don. That's not good. See, at this point, I wanted to make a joke about how she should just take comfort in the fact that she used to be a ball of energy. So... <laughs> I mean, she hasn't actually had this mother for that long. (laughs) But it's 
really terrible. <laughs> See, guys, this is what happens when I try to make jokes in this episode. It's fine. It's fine. Because we're getting into Willow, and that's going to be a laugh a minute. It's okay. Laugh a minute. So this next scene... This is the third chapter? Yeah, so, right. First chapter is daughter. Second Mm -hmm. chapter is, like, sisters. Then this is the, like, family chapter, so the rest of the Scoobies. And then the last chapter is the body. Right. So this is very focused on Willow, Tara, Xander, Anya. And this scene... With uh, that we're about to go into with what Willow is doing was the most difficult for Joss to film because there was a friend's funeral he had to go to and he basically did this exact thing but with a tie. Oh my god. He did not know what tie to wear to this funeral and was doing essentially what Willow was doing. Yeah. And Allison Hannigan managed to make him and the crew cry every single time that they went through the scene, which is pretty impressive so to set the stage for our listeners willow is freaking out about her shirt choice for the whatever she's doing not even funeral yet to go to the morgue to support buffy yeah she needs she just needs to find the right shirt for that it can't be too fun it can't be too somber if she had her blue sweater everything would be better but that's mysteriously missing Joyce liked that one a lot. Joyce has told her how much she liked that one. And she just, yeah, Willow just wants to find the blue one and she needs the blue one to be okay. So let's lighten things up briefly with another segment. Ooh. And this segment is called, Why Do All My Shirts Have Such Stupid Things On Them? She was looking down at them with a finger and a thumb in the shape of an L on her forehead. Yo, when she said that, I was like, <laughs> thank you, Willow. They do, though. Why have I not had that clip for the entirety of the se- of the series? Like, if I could have been dropping that in at opportune moments, guys, that's the only fucking thing you're ever going to hear when we talk about fashion anymore, is Willow just saying, why do all my shirts have such stupid things on them? Like that time where she had that shirt with dogs and a blue ribbon on it. Oh my god, that was recent. Mm. I was thinking of the one where it's like the the people under the bed. Yeah, they're all like sewn into... Yeah. These are all sweaters too. They're all just crazy ass sweaters. Yeah, why do all my shirts have such stupid things on them? Excellent question, Willow. <laughs> it's a and good question. <laughs> we will be hearing more about this in the future because I highly doubt that you are done <laughs> wearing shirts with stupid things on them. The one shirt she picks up is really dumb oh it's terrible all of them are terrible well fucking fringe sweater makes a comeback she she puts on the fringe sweater again that's what she goes with no (laughs) hey hey why do you still own this thing this is the one where she i guess it's because she visited joyce in the hospital with this so it seems vaguely appropriate for that it's her going to the hospital shirt with, like, the carpet tassels on the sleeves and bottom of the sweater. It's nonsense. It, and she's layering up, like, what? She's already wearing some stuff. She takes the fringe sweater with her. She just... It's that thing, though, of you don't know what to do, so you just try to do something you can control. Xander's got his green pants of anger on, and they're weirdly loose. They are loose. Yeah. Mm. Uh, He wants to beat up Glory because surely she has something to do with this. Or if she doesn't, then it'll at least make him feel better. Oh, brief sidebar. Spike, entirely absent from this episode for good goddamn reason. It is a good goddamn reason. So I had never even considered before that Spike was not in this episode. Like Mm -hmm. it just, it doesn't even, it didn't even ever occur to me that he would be. There is no place for him here. It makes no sense for him to be here. And then when he's not, you're like, thank God. I don't want to see him. It would be super weird. Michaela, 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 Michaela. <laughs> Michaela, what if don't instead <laughs> in, <laughs> instead of all of the entre-act shots of Joyce and her body, <laughs> oh, it was no. just shots of Spike constructing a robot. <laughs> Helping Warren even construct a robot. Oh, and they would be super wacky. And and Spike is basically the lackey who doesn't know what he's doing and keeps plugging the wrong thing oh, into something. Oh, he dropped the arm again. Oh, no. <laughs> and then, yeah, Warren's getting all pissed. Oh, yeah. That would have lightened the mood for sure. <laughs> he has no place in this in this episode at all. And thank God he's not here. So Yeah. Yeah. So we talked about this briefly. Anya's mortality trubs. Yeah. 
are surprisingly effective because Anya is, of course, asking all of the questions that you cannot ask. Like, are we going to see her? Are they going to open her up? Like, just weird shit that you're like, dude, that's not, this is not the fucking time. But of course, she's, she used to be immortal. The fact that she is now faced with mortality in any way is terrifying in the extreme to her. And Xander is not being very good, but I mean, it's understandable he's got shit going on too, right? They're playing it very much for, initially, you're expecting it to be like, oh, Anya doesn't understand. Anya says blunt things. That's her character. But then when it sort of morphs into this thing where all of a sudden you go from being like horrified that she said these things to being very sympathetic about mm-hmm. how she feels, it is really powerful. And apparently people reacted a lot more emotionally to it than anyone expected. But it is somehow her just wanting an answer of like what is going on. It And it's just, it just comes from a place of such innocence because she's been immortal for so long. It is very effective. And it's so bizarre because she's talking about how Joyce won't get to have fruit punch again. And somehow that is the thing where I'm like... <gasps> yeah, me too! She won't! <gasps> I like brush her hair and I'm like, oh god, okay, gonna cry. <laughs> All these just simple things that Joyce won't get to do. And you're just like, oh my god, it's so sad. Why she can't just get back into her body. Yeah. Because it's all so stupid and mortal. And you're like, yeah, this is a fantasy nonsense with this stupid ex-demon character that we're now caring about. But B, really hitting home. (laughs) Why? Because these are all great points, you know? It just cuts right down to the (laughs) question that we all sort of have in the back of our minds of like... Why do I have to stop existing one day? Is there a way to avoid that? Well, listen, I don't know. <laughs> Eternal life doesn't sound great to no, me. No, it sounds terrible. And you end up being angel and no one wants that. Ugh. Gross. <laughs> We've actually blown right by my segment. So I'm going to oh. back it up just mildly. Yeah, go for it. My segment is called Lesbian Kiss Episode. Next time on A Very Special Clone High. Bow chicka bow bow. Bow chicka bow bow. Girl fight. Hey, Micah, bring up that shot of the two of them rolling. Yeah, that's the one. Well, I'll be in my trailer. Oh! (gasps) (laughs) This is the first time Tara and Willow have ever kissed on screen. Holy shit. But it is put in so subtly, just as like a part of this other thing, that you don't realize it. So, wow. what do I mean by lesbian kiss episode? There is a trope. Well, okay, let me guess. From those words, I think I'm wrong. But this was my first thing. Sure. Where I was thinking, I mean, lesbian kiss in general, we know that when they blew out the candle, like, things were implied and that was a big deal. Yeah. For the start of their relationship. Because people, like, lesbians don't kiss on screen, right? Gay men don't kiss on screen. In the year 2001 or whatever we're in. And they certainly didn't back in 1999 or 2000 when they were first having their candle blowing out scene. And so I'm guessing this is about the progress there and like being able to normalize that. But correct me. Oh, I have a lot to say about this. I mildly apologize in advance, everyone. So in the year 1991, there was a lesbian kiss on the show L.A. Law that sort of started this sub-genre of the media portrayal of lesbianism, where there would be a female heterosexual character who would engage in a kiss with a possible lesbian or bisexual. And in most cases, it was 100% a ratings nonsense, like, never came up again Fan service type thing, yeah. Like, a huge, huge stunt. So, the Wikipedia article about lesbian kiss episodes cites 36 different television shows in which this happens. What? There is apparently an episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine that is a lesbian kiss episode. It's gotta be Seven of Nine, right? Oh, God, these names. Jadzia Dax and Lenara Khan. (laughs) There's a Khan? I've never watched Deep Space Nine. Me neither. So apparently there's a lesbian kiss there. It cites the episode of Firefly where Inara randomly has a female uh, client all of a sudden. Yep. There, like, there's a bunch. There's a Friends episode where Rachel's kissing people. There's multiple How I Met Your Mother episodes where this is happening. 
Very recently, there is a Riverdale episode where Betty and Veronica kiss when they're trying to get into the River Vixens. Oh, Lord. (laughs) I got it in there. Riverdale. Okay. But essentially, it's just... Like, from the year 1991, shows have been doing this, and it's it's trashy for the most part. They're doing it for ratings so that they can say, like, oh, look, these two women are going to kiss. So it's sweeps time. Everyone come watch our show. And the entire intent of Joss putting this moment in this episode is that he didn't want it to be a lesbian kiss episode. It's not the point of the episode. These two characters are in a relationship, and they're going to continue to be in a relationship after this. I like what this show has done with it. I am so incredibly skeezed out. By the rest of it is disgusting. The rest of it. So here's here's some other stuff that I honestly have a bit of a, a problem with. Mm-hmm. Apparently before this point, the the network had really not figured out the witchcraft metaphor. <laughs> And thought that they were just witches together. And then when all of a sudden they were actually kissing, the network was like, oh, are they, are they lesbians? What? Just like, yeah. <laughs> sorry, <And> they- <laughs> sorry, let me amend that. She's a what? He's 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 a what? He was what? She's a what? He's a music man. Yeah, so I don't, I don't know how true that can be. <laughs> People are pretty dumb sometimes, especially when they don't want to see something. <laughs> that seems extravagant, though. It seems extravagant. And I also learned through this this research that when they first introduced Tara, they did not intend for her to be in a relationship with Willow. Hmm. They just wanted her, I assume, to have some sort of like witch friend. But right. then the two actresses had so much chemistry that they were like, let's do it. Let's put Willow in this lesbian relationship. Hmm. So that's fun. I mean, all I can think of is Clone High and the episode where Cleo and Joan fight in their skivvies. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, more accurately, there's a part where the narrator is saying like, next time or last time on a very special clone high (laughs) and then like cuts to that and it's just (laughs) uh, it's played for the grossness it's so good right and that's the kind of thing that you hope is (laughs) what we like that's what we want to see we want to see people make fun of lesbian kiss episodes not actually have them (laughs) yeah that's that's tongue-in-cheek as hell yeah all right so part four shall we dive into this yep the body as it is known This doctor, he just does everything at this hospital. He does. This hospital, can it afford any lights? No, it's very poorly lit. Well, it's the morgue. Morgues are scary. Oh, God. It's just an elaborate hazing ritual for the new guy. It's that scared doctor from Scrubs. The... The guy is going through with J.D. and Elliot, and he's just so frightened of everything, and he's got the fanny pack. They send him to the morgue, and they're like, oh no, there are no lights in the morgue. (laughs) (laughs) And he's just so terrified. Yeah, uh, Anya hugging Giles is so sweet and so genuine. And coming from Anya, this, again, wonderful actress who is playing this part of this stupid-ass ex vengeance demon who is strangely literal like that's drax right that's drax from guardians (laughs) of the galaxy and he's funny and he's fun but you aren't getting emotional from him standing stock still and thus turning invisible or thinking he is (laughs) but in this fucking anya case you're like she's hugging giles and he's hugging her back and they both just need to be reassured and it's so stupidly sweet i'm i'm mad at how good it is it's just everything that anya does you can tell that she genuinely doesn't understand but wants to mm-hmm. like when when she's doing all of these strangely literal things and doesn't understand quite how to be human she wants to and so it really humanizes her in a way that just her only being literal and not really caring how people are reacting to her wouldn't do, right? The more I think about it, the more this one doctor doing both cancer patient <laughs> patient uh, care and autopsies is troubling me. He's a neurosurgeon. He, he did also brain did an surgery. autopsy. <laughs> yeah, and he's there in the morgue. 
no, that's not how these things work, guys. So Sunnydale's one, <laughs> one doctor. Oh, Ben's also not the, in this episode because he doesn't have a place here. No. <laughs> so the one doctor at Sunny D General has done the autopsy. Uh, silent but deadly. It was an aneurysm, which I have spelled correctly because it's not that hard. It's just like five vowels in a row and then a Y as another vowel. It's fine. And it turns out you can spell it with an I because what? that's what I landed on and Microsoft Word has not told me that that's incorrect. That's some American bullshit right there. Probably. <laughs> uh. That no. Including <laughs> results for aneurysm with a Y. Michaela. Synonyms aneurysm with an I. What? What? (laughs) No, Wikipedia. No. Don't fall to this stupid thing. Anyway, okay. Uh, Right. The subtle work on the doctor saying that Joyce wouldn't have felt much pain. And then his lips are saying like it was sudden or something. And his voice is saying that he has to lie to make Buffy feel better. Yeah. Shit. (sighs) Right? Because uh, whether or not... he thinks she felt pain. I mean, he doesn't know, but of course he's going to say she didn't. And so, yeah, it's, and I mean, everyone's trying to reassure Buffy. Oh, if you had been there, like there's nothing more you could have done there. That's all. That's what the people are going to say because there's nothing else they can say. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, jeez. Buffy and Tara get left on their awkward lonesomes as the Scoobies go to find some snacks. And Dawn is, like, probably cutting on herself in the bathroom or something. Not actually, but thank <laughs> God. I mean, she's getting yeah. into all sorts of wacky trubs, too. Well, because Dawn is in this strange situation where she hasn't actually had to see Joyce's body. Right. And part of her does not believe it. Yeah. Because she hasn't seen it. And that's very reasonable. She honestly does not think that everyone like she thinks that everyone is lying to her in some way and it's not like that hasn't happened before so from her perspective it's even more reasonable if anything that's true yeah it would be reasonable for a grieving teenager it is more reasonable for someone who is also the metaphysical matrix energy blah 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 cosmic yeah nonsense whatever thing right so she's been allowed to go to the bathroom on her own and that's not gonna go great for her tara's stuff about her mom dying when she was 17 is also really humanizing for Tara in a way that we've seen Anya humanize this episode. It's nice to see Tara get some of that as well. Yeah. And they've they've brought this up or they've said this about Tara in the past. In the episode Family, yep. it is revealed that Tara's mother is dead. And mm-hmm. you're like, hey, they remembered that they actually have a character who can't help Buffy feel better, but at least can sort of tell Buffy, hey, this has happened to me and there's nothing I can say that will fix it, but this was my experience. Because sometimes that's, I mean, that's all you can do, right? Is you can say, this is how, like, what I thought or my reaction to this. And so maybe that helps Buffy feel like whatever her reaction was, like she can feel okay about it. When Buffy asks Tara if it was sudden and Tara says no, but yes, (sighs) I, I'm very thankful that I've not had to go through something like this at this point. But yeah. uh, that even really hit home in a way that I can't even identify. Yeah. Because I've, Cause you I've can, lost you can some picture people. It. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that it's always sudden, right? Exactly. You you get what she means. She doesn't have to say anything more than that. And yeah. I, I suspect that there will come a time in my life where I will not be able to watch this episode anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Highly suspect. So Dawn's going exploring. To finish this stuff up. This hospital uh, has zero security. She locks herself into the morgue. And, okay, two things. I've played Arkham Asylum and I've seen Hellboy. And I know that one of these bodies is definitely going to get up. <laughs> and so it, this this whole sequence, I think, felt out of place for a lot of fans. I think it makes sense because... Yeah, she goes in the morgue, there's covered bodies, you expect it to happen, and this is still Buffy the Vampire Slayer, you know? Yeah. Well, they, I, I f- they can't go for another episode without not technically having a vampire <laughs> in it, Wiki. You fucking bullshit. And hey, there's no spike in this one, so that doesn't count. Right. Yeah. Not like Angel's gonna suddenly show up. <laughs> Buffy, I had a terrible premonition about your mother. Oh, oh that is horrible. <laughs> oh, no. <gasps> Anyway, there goes the vampire. 
Summer's girls are terrible at obeying authorized personnel only signs as Buffy's just wandering in here. Waltzing in, I would say. Oh, she waltzes. Uh, And then Buffy's fighting this vampire and the sheet, the top sheet comes off of Joyce. Um, And you're like, don't even look, Dawn. You don't need to see. Don't. Because Dawn is about to pull the sheet back and then makes the decision not to. Mm Mm-hmm. Which I think would have been probably better for her. But it's too late, Michaela. Too late. Yeah. She's seen, seen everything. everything. <laughs> yes! You did it too! <laughs> She's seen it all! God it's damn. such a crass goddamn <laughs> reference to make. No, Why I did we both make it? it? Because I knew you were going to do it, and so I begrudgingly <laughs> agreed with you? I don't know. <laughs> Fuck. So, okay. Let's just say, yes, we brought in a reference to Patrick Stewart being a really gross dude in the show Extras, which neither yeah. of us have watched to any extent. I've seen that scene. Yeah. yeah. I've also seen the one where Daniel Radcliffe is talking to, I think, like, Helen Mirren, and he's bragging about how much sex he has, and he pulls out, like, a condom. He's dressed as a Boy Scout for the shoot that he's on. Oh, it's so good and terrible. I love it. Is it also the Liam Neeson age yeah. one? Oh, no, that's a different Ricky okay. Gervais show. Okay. Similar vein, though. Very similar, where he's talking about how he has AIDS all the time in his stupid improv classes. <laughs> well, they're, okay. yeah, they're trying to do fun comedy improv with him, and he keeps making the character have AIDS. When, we have gotten off track. No, no, no. When Ricky Gervais, like, rings the bell for the greengrocer that Liam is running, and Liam says we're closed in an improv class, you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> Yeah, uh, perfect. Right, we're so close to finish this. Yeah. <laughs> Almost made it. <laughs> Buffy cuts the head off the vampire that she's fighting. That's all off screen. And yeah, the, the episode ends with Dawn reaching out to touch what I can only call, like I naturally have called the body at this point. Right. Every time they show the body, the corpse makeup has gotten more corpsey, right? Mm-hmm. And that is the sort of thing is... As it goes along, it does feel less and less like it's Joyce. Yeah. And so Buffy says, like, that's not her. And it's not, right? But that's such a strange concept as a human to consider. Yeah. Michaela, you have claimed in the past that Joyce was a good mother. (laughs) And it feels like now is the opportune moment to talk about that more. Right. Have you abandoned that stance? I think... That the impression I had was inflated. Like, Mm -hmm. I definitely was really whitewashing a lot of it. (laughs) Just sort of picking out the the nice moments when they're in the kitchen together and not considering all the times that she doesn't support Buffy or understand. After she's tried not being the slayer. (laughs) Right. Or like... Asks her if she led Spike on. Oh, God, that did happen. Oh, that happened recently. I think, like, at no point would I say that Joyce... Like, (laughs) I don't know. It's very tough, too, because Joyce isn't really in the show that much. She's not. This watch-through, I was like, Joyce shows up a couple times per season. Like, season four especially, she was oh. very absent. Yeah. And then in this season, it's, it, like, she's not really given the opportunity to do a lot of quote-unquote mothering because she is the one in distress, right? Like, she is the one who has a tumor and is sick and is being taken care of. hmm So, do I think that Joyce did the best she could for her two daughters working as a single mother at a gallery, somehow making enough money to afford a house and provide for two children. Yes. Uh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's true, actually. So the thing, the, the thing is like, maybe that was her best and it doesn't mean that she was the best or worst mother in the world. But I don't think, like, I think she was trying and that counts for something. When she only shows up so infrequently and then has a couple of big missteps. Yes. She comes off a lot worse. Because presumably there are a lot of times that you're not seeing where she's having perfectly normal interactions with Buffy. Where she's not hypnotized by Ted. Where she is, oh God, that whole Ted thing 
where yeah. she took Ted's side over her daughter's. She was being drugged. <laughs> yeah, I know. And it doesn't make her come out very well, though. And that whole moo b- debacle. The what? Moo debacle. Oh, God, gingerbread. <laughs> Mother's a- opposed, opposed to the, to the occult. Yeah. <laughs> Has to spell moo. There we go. Yeah, when she's being hypnotized by that demon. <laughs> she gets hypnotized by a lot of things. Yeah, she treats Faith better than Buffy. Right. <laughs> but she's not responsible for Faith. So it's easier for her to not be hard on Faith is the other thing, right? But she's just like, she's so absentee. Yeah. <laughs> through a lot of it. And yes, she's the only provider for this household of two children, possibly, <laughs> the entire way through. I mean, right. Like, that's debatable. But either way. <laughs> Yeah, so it's going to be difficult, but she's just not around a lot. And then it makes her seem like a pretty bad parent when she is around and she's getting drunk and throwing glasses around and yelling at Buffy to not be the Slayer. In the context of Dawn, she comes off as being pretty great. Yes. And a lot of it is her and Buffy working together to protect Dawn. Mm-hmm. But at that point, Buffy is also in this parent parental role. So yeah. <laughs> it's, <sighs> yeah. <laughs> so you've walked your opinion of Joyce back a little bit is what I'm hearing. Yes. But then I think there's a rose colored glasses element to it. <laughs> Where you now, still think back to those and you're like, ah, good times they had when they were snuggling up together after Ted was dead. <laughs> um, Or after... Buffy loses her virginity to Angel and then he turns evil. Right. And her and Joyce have that nice sort of couch moment with the sad cupcake candle. Yep. It's, and the, I think part of the Both problem Both of those is, moments were so good. <laughs> part of the problem is that now that Joyce is dead, it's just a lot easier to think, oh, I mean, we miss Joyce. We've made a big deal about how everyone is very affected, as they should be by it. And... Joyce must have been great. (laughs) Sure, yeah, probably. (laughs) Uh, Almost certainly great. Yeah. Michaela, did you enjoy this episode? In a manner of speaking. I want to say those words exactly, yeah. (laughs) Did you enjoy this episode? In a manner of speaking, yeah. Like, it's you're watching it and you're just like, man, this is so well done. (laughs) Wow, they did such a good job. And I feel terrible, but actually, like... I would definitely rather watch an episode that makes me feel bad that is very, very well done, like opposed to something that's just a fluffy nonsense episode that I'm sort of like, yeah, why did only one person write and direct and choreograph this sex robot episode? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, maybe like exactly last episode. (laughs) That's exactly what I was thinking about. Just like, yep, (laughs) this one versus last one. It's hard to tell that they're the same show. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I did not enjoy this episode. I had, I was very affected by it. It was incredibly well done and I want a lot more television like it. I am grateful to the early seasons of Black Mirror for providing more things <laughs> this like This type it. of thing? Yeah. Especially and, you know, that episode where the woman loses her husband and then brings him back as a sex robot mm, Yeah, is surprisingly affecting to me. Yeah, I think yeah. it does a lot of good things along similar lines where I have to really process things and it makes me feel ways about stuff to use teenage colloquialisms. <laughs> And honestly, when something, and, and for for me, the Black Mirror episode that destroyed me was 10 Million Merits. Because mm-hmm. I just, that turn, I was not expecting. Mm. And yeah. And when something makes me feel that terrible, I, I think I'm going to go with I love it. Yeah. <laughs> the fact that it elicited such a strong emotion in me, I'm <laughs> like impressed. And then later on... I can look back and think like, wow, what a great job they did. At the time, I feel horrible. I love it. I like it. I don't enjoy it. Right. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Because you didn't, you didn't feel good. You felt bad, but (laughs) you appreciated it. (laughs) Yes. Michaela, do you think that Teeks has written a review for this episode? 
So last time I said there was a 40% chance and you said there was a 55% chance. Oh, money's going to David. <laughs> oh! Dragging rights right here, motherfucker. You'll never guess what this one's called. You will. You'll 100% guess it. The one where Joyce is dead? The one where the Joyce one dies. The... Oh, okay. Close enough. <laughs> yeah, you got it in one. Oh, and before you start that, uh, I picked Joyce's leopard shirt as my favorite outfit. Oh, Pour very one good. Out for Joyce. Yes. No, nobody wins this episode. No one wins this episode at all. No. All right, Michaela. This Teeks review is pretty on the money in a lot of okay. ways. There are a couple things that I want to highlight. Number one, we get an excellent example of Teeks writing. How many commas are in this sentence? Only three in this episode. Comma. We lose one of the best show characters from the show. Comma. Joyce. Comma. Buffy's mother. Nice. <laughs> That's a solid three commas in a very short sentence. Those should actually be end dashes or parentheses would also be okay. (laughs) Fun fact. We have two of them for an episode that the phrase fun fact could not be further from. Yeah. Fun fact. The first. When Joyce is being put into the body bag, comma, Christine Sutherland blinked, comma, but the blink was digitally removed. That's the blink. There you go. Is that a fun fact? Mm, no fun fact the second and Michaela this will make you really mad because I've already read it Joyce and later Cassie who is that from season four or season seven episode four (gasps) it's so specific are the only characters to die from natural causes throughout the entire series. Oh, cheeks. Season 7, episode 4, guys, set your fucking calendars. I also read that fact in the wiki and did not choose to include it in the things I told you. <laughs> what? Because... <Little> bananas. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This is why we should never let you read anything, <laughs> Teeks writes. Fuck's sakes. <laughs> Overall, Michaela, I want you to guess at this one. Honestly, from everything we know about Teeks, Teeks doesn't like to feel bad. Mm -hmm. And so my guess is like a seven. Okay, higher than that. It's a nine out of ten. Wow. But that is bringing down the average. This is an average 9.7. Yeah, it really is. So Teeks, like Teeks loved it, it, but it's really sad. And I think, so the episode, I love the actual fact of someone dying, I hate. And that's really the, the summation of how he or she feels about this. That feels pretty authentic, Teeks, to me. Yeah. You know what I just realized? What's that? Once we get to season seven, I don't know that we can let you read Teeks anymore. What? I feel like it's too potentially spoilery. What? (laughs) I lose all my Teeks privileges? Well, okay, fine. We can discuss this later. But I love my Teeks privileges. I love knowing that season seven, episode four, someone (laughs) named Cassie will die of natural causes. (laughs) God damn it, Teeks. That's a bit under two seasons from now. I mean, I have so much power. Knowledge is power. Uh, I'm not that drunk. It's fine. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Okay, Michaela, that is our episode. We're running a bit long. How? Whatever. How's the next episode looking? What we up to? The next episode is called Forever. Spike builds a sex robot. (laughs) No, fuck. Who he can be with forever. Okay. I'm I'm heartened, actually, because that's... A, that's your lying voice. B, <laughs> I know that your plan is to lie to me for as much of these as you can. So I am heartened by the fact that hopefully next episode is not the one where Spike gets his sex robot. How would you feel if I told you that I'm going to tell you that the next episode is the one where Spike gets his sex robot mm. until it happens? Because I know oh. you're so looking forward to it. Oh, I'm I'm kind of okay with that because it dulls the pain, you know? <laughs> if I have Does an entire it? week of knowing, because right now, oh, picture picture my feelings, right? right? I'm fine because I know that next week Spike is not going to have a sex robot that he loves forever. Until you tell me for realsies that he will... And then that week is just pain as I know what's mm. coming. I'm never going to tell you for realsies, though. <gasps> I'm going to continue to tell you in that voice. I thought we you're were nev- friends, though. You're never going to know. For realsies. <laughs> for realsies. <laughs> for realsies, friends. Okay, well, fine. I guess that's... I had a misconstrued notion of this. Whatevsies. Okay. So 
Maybe it is next episode. Maybe that's the follow-up. No. Maybe no, it's no, a no, sex no. robot sandwich. No. Nah, I hate With that. With a dead Joyce in the middle. Oh, <laughs> oh, I don't like it at all. <laughs> they would oh. never do that, though, right? Oh, no. <laughs> now I'm angry again. Uh, what have good. you done? I just want okay. you to not know. That's all I want. Michaela, until next week, our <laughs> listeners can always reach out to us via email, beyondthenow.hellmouth at gmail.com. They can also find our pictures on Facebook. There are a total of five of them from this episode because it's really fucking depressing and we didn't want to take any pictures. Hell no. They're all from the first, like, five minutes, too. So what whatevsies. But sure, Don's totally armless. It's great. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, find those on the Facebook page. It's actually, I'm getting a kick out of the number of people that are liking our stuff on Facebook. It really makes me happy. And, uh, you can reach out to Michaela and I personally. Now, Michaela, did you ever use the, uh, the browser plugin slash social slash social network stumble upon? I've heard of it, but I did not ever use it. Okay. Cause first year of university. And then that means I think like the last year of high school for me, I was heavily into stumble upon never the, uh, the community aspect of it, but imagine this, you're sitting at your computer or your phone, you're kind of bored, not super bored, and you can press a button and boom, there's a web page loading for you with something magical behind it. And you don't know what it's going to be. It's going to be something that's kind of relevant to your interests, though. That, I mean, that sounds pretty fun. You can just do that forever. Does it sound fun, Michaela? Or does it yeah. sound soul-destroying and all time-consuming? Because okay. I lost a lot of time to that fucking website. <laughs> uh, it was great, though. God. Hanging out. Because I was in the dorm room, right? With, like, a bunch of my friends nearby. So we would be like, hey, did you see that thing I stumble upon? And they'd be like, Yes. <laughs> I am on there at all times. <laughs> anyway, uh, Reddit came along and kind of killed StumbleUpon, which is sad. Uh, and mm. Imager to a, a certain extent as well. A lot of other things supplanted it. But it's being replaced and all of its active users, all two of them, are being encouraged to migrate to Mix.com, which is actually very similar to StumbleUpon if I have gleaned any information from it. And honestly, if I had more time between potting and D&D prep... I would be on there so much. It would be a disaster. So you yeah. can find us on Mix.com. And I am on there at Mixology. Michaela? I'm on there at DJ Mixhala. Very nice. And until next week, farewell, farewell from, from the Hellmouth. Hell Hellmouth. Hell no. Hell no. Hell no.